Happy Football Friday, everybody. It's that time of the week again. Time for our Big Bets episode here on the Big Big Ten Football Show. I am your host, Danny Mogo, ready to deliver some winners for you here in week 12 in the college football season. Last week, we went three, two, and one, plus one and a half units. That increases our record on the season to 34, 23, and 1, 11 games over 500, plus 15 units, even better on the units, which is what we want. For the season on the sides, we are 30, 17, and 1, plus 16 units. We finally hit a game total. Woohoo! 1 and 3 now, and minus 1 unit, and we are 3 and 3 on team totals, so we're even there, and we're looking to change that this week. We're going to open it up with our three big bets. That's right, we got three big bets this week, and I'm going to start with Wisconsin at home laying eight and a half against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. That is the number, I believe, from FanDuel. I'm going to zig here, folks, when everyone, and I mean everyone, is zagging. Try and find a college football gambling uh, article or podcast that is not touting the Huskers as an underdog. And yes, I get it. Nebraska's defense has been good this season. However, however, during their current four-game losing streak, they have allowed at least 26 points in each game. And that includes 212 rushing yards by Michigan's Hassan Haskins and Blake Corum combined. You had a 127-yard game from Minnesota's Bryce Williams. Finally, you know, he got his opportunity. They were able to run the ball, and he averaged 7.5 yards a carry. Now you're talking about this Nebraska defense who will be without their best front seven defender, linebacker JoJo Doman, who is out for the season Without him, expect Braylon Allen to extend his 100-yard game streak to seven straight. This freshman, this true freshman, who's only 17, is coming off a career-high 173 yards and is averaging a whopping 7.1 yards per carry on the season. And Doman's injuries, to me, speaks more to just his loss on the field, which is significant. We don't want to downplay that. He is an important player, and arguably, what you know, they're even more important in this game because uh, Wisconsin's such a heavy run team. He was injured on October 30th, and if you look at your calendar, that wasn't last week. That wasn't even the week before, and he played against Ohio State, which was another one of those, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda losses for the Huskers where they had a chance, but. They were still in bulk contention at that time. Uh, coaches had not been fired yet. So that was a loss that knocked them out of bowl contention. So I ask of you folks, what do these players have to play for here in week 12 with a 3-7 and seven record? It's not to save the head coach's job because Scott Frost already took care of that. Right? He restructured his contract. They know Scott Frost is coming back next year. And for the offensive players, they're not playing for their coaches at all. You know why? Not because they don't like their coaches, but because most of them 
are gone. That's right. Four out of five of Nebraska's offensive coaches have been fired. And yeah, they had an off week last week to get ready. But I mean, that is not a good recipe. And I get they were fired for a reason, but it can't be a good reason. And and I doubt whoever is replacing them, you know, they're, they're some guy, you know, sharing positions. I think the wide receiver coach is going to coach at tight ends. You got analysts stepping up. These aren't going to be the long-term answers. This is just to get to the end of the season, right? And I think that's what Nebraska wants to do. They just want to get to the end of the season. And let's let's put 2021 in the coffin. Let's bury it. Because it was not a good year for the Huskers. And Wisconsin is not the type of team you want to face if you're not fully engaged. Not only are they streaking and trending in the right direction, they've won six straight games. They've covered four in a row, which we've been on a few of them. The only game in the last six that they haven't covered was that Army game, which is always kind of a weird game. And that was a dumb pick that week by myself, admittedly. Uh, you know, taking, uh, going against the academy with the option offense. It's Those games are always weird. But in Big Ten play, that's five covers in a row. They are as physical as any team in the country with a defense that is ranked first nationally against the run, first in total defense, and first in fewest plays of 10-plus yards. And this is a Nebraska offense that relies on explosive plays. That is the strength of their team. Well, Wisconsin shuts that down. They are second in scoring defense, second in pass defense, and second in the fewest plays allowed of 20-plus yards. And let's not overlook Wisconsin's big edge in special teams as they're 24th and SP Plus nationally, uh, where the Huskers are among the worst in college football at 126. Honestly, as I'm giving you this game, part of me is like, why is this only just a big bet? All right, we got two more big bets, and I'm going to give you Iowa at home laying the 12 against Illinois. They got the Hawkeyes got a much needed win last week over Minnesota to keep their Big Ten West title hopes alive. They are still tied with Wisconsin, so they're going to need a little help. But you know, Wisconsin's playing that Nebraska team that everybody seems to love. Wisconsin also plays at. Minnesota next week, so it's possible. It's realistic. So it's there's good reason for Iowa to be optimistic. There's a chance at a 10-win season. Um, and yeah, they got some help last week from P.J. Fleck, who, who really, I mean, Minnesota should have won that game, in my opinion. Um, but Alex Padilla, to get, let's give him credit. He was a difference maker in his first career start. The sophomore averaged 8.6 yards per pass. 18.7 yards per completion as the Hawkeyes managed 27 offensive points and none off turnovers. I think that's the biggest thing. None off turnovers against a very solid Gophers defense. Iowa's receivers are more athletic than given credit for. And now that they have a quarterback that they seem to either, uh, you know, trust him more to throw it down the field. The Hawkeyes did make, they made a concerted effort to get the ball into the hands of four-star true freshman Keegan Johnson, who had eight targets. Um, you know, some of them were incompletions, but he also flashes yard-for-catch ability with a huge 27-yard catch-and-run in the fourth quarter that extended their lead from one to eight. And they also stretched the field with speedster Charlie Jones, 
who had two catches for 106 yards. He's also uh, their return guy. Iowa's 5.7 yards per play against a good Minnesota defense. It was well above their season average, which is 4.6. So if they can hit some big plays against what is a very bad Illinois pass defense, ranked 12th in the Big Ten, don't be surprised if they find some running room as well. Because Tyler Goodson so far this season has faced four bottom half of the Big Ten run defenses. And in those games, three of the four times, he's averaged over five yards per carry against Indiana, against Purdue, against Northwestern. I believe last week's win will rejuvenate the Hawkeyes, who will not overlook an Illinois team that has somehow managed to beat Penn State and Minnesota, and also throw in the fact that Illinois will will be without head coach Brett Bielema. I also like under 13 and a half for Illinois in this game. And, you know, while there are reasons for optimism for Iowa's offense, which I talked about, it's really their defense, right, that makes them the play this week. And it's why we're on the Illinois team under as well. The Hawkeyes are ranked fourth in defensive SP+. They have the nation's sixth best defense, according to PFF's college football guru, Anthony Trish. This is a this is a very, very good defense. I'm not sure if I have them that high, to be honest, because I think uh, Penn State's might be better. I think Michigan's might be better. But it's a, re- it's a legit top 10 defense. And it's going to be really tough for the Illini to put up points. This is an offense that is ranked 101st in SP+. They are the worst rated Power 5 offense by PFF. So, it, you know, the eye test doesn't tell you this is a good offense. The advanced people tell you it's a bad offense. And the simple numbers, I'll give you the simple numbers. Now, counting overtime, Illinois scored nine points at Purdue. They were shut out by Wisconsin at home. They scored 10 points at Penn State in regulation, 14 versus Rutgers, and 14 at Minnesota. That's 9.4 points per game in their past five Big Ten games. And Iowa has faced two comparable offense. I'm talking about not in style, because I'm I wouldn't say Indiana's or Northwestern's are really um, they're not as good as running the ball as Illinois is, but in terms of rank and quality, and in those against those defenses, they held Indiana to seven points, and that was when Indiana had Michael Penix and and their season hadn't rolled, you know, gotten away from them yet. And Minnesota, uh, they held them to 12 points. So they completely shut down those teams. And I expect them to do the same to the Illini this week. I expect some turnovers created from the Hawkeyes' defense as well. All right, those are your three big bets for this week. Let's move on to our bigger bets. These are a full unit. I should mention before I move on, let me see here. Last week with our big bets, we went 0-1, which dropped us to 12-10 and 10 on the season. We're still up one unit as these are half a unit plays. All right, the bigger bets now. Full unit. Last week, very nice week. 3-1, and one, up to 14-10, and 10, plus four units. Let's keep that going. And I'm going to start with under 17.5 for Northwestern. That's right, another under. According to SP+, Northwestern is the worst team in the Big Ten. They're 88th, and PFF's power rankings agrees. They're 94th, according to PFF. So I debated taking Purdue, laying the 11, coming off a defeat, 
But they're, you know, Northwestern's defense is rated 38th, which leads me to the Wildcats offense, 116th. It is the worst unit in the Big Ten per SP plus from scrimmage, taking out the special teams rankings. Uh, I believe if we included special teams rankings, it would be Nebraska special teams. But just rating the offenses and defenses, the worst out of those, um, what are we talking about here? 28 units, the worst, number 28, is Northwestern's offense. In their past six games, Northwestern is averaging 11.3 points per game and has scored more than one, more than 14 points just once with a high of 21 points. And yes, Purdue, if you watch that game, they gave up 59 points last week. But Ohio State, come on, guys. Ohio State is simply a different beast. We're talking about the bet. That's the best unit in the Big Ten, right? Is Ohio State's offense. Now they're going to go against the worst unit in the Big Ten, Northwestern's offense. The defense of Purdue has been solid most of the season, and they fared very, very well against comparable offenses. And who are the comparable offenses? UConn, 120th in SP, Illinois. 101st in SP+, and even Iowa, who's only 93rd in SP+. Those three teams have combined for 16 points in three games. 16 points in 12 quarters. So, uh, against Purdue, which is under the 17.5 for this game. The Boiler Meekers, the Boiler Meekers, the Boiler, I hope they're not going to be Meekers. I hope they won't be Meek. We want to make some stuff happen this week, right, Purdue? Let's get after that. The Boilermakers defense bounces back this week against the Cats. Uh, do you want another under? Let's give you another under. It's not. <laughs> this is, folks. This isn't the best thing for your heart because when you're rooting for a lot of unders, it could be very stressful because every play could be a score, right? Every single play. So you, you, it's not the easiest thing to root for, but it can be fun watching. These defenses dominate. And I'm going to go under 14 points with Rutgers against Penn State. I think the overall line of 17 is too low. I have Penn State graded as as a, as a maybe the third, third or fourth best team in the Big Ten. And the look-ahead line indicates that because they're only a one-point dog at Michigan State, which means... Uh, Vegas thinks they're better than Michigan State, and I agree. And the only reason I'm not laying the 17 is simply because I don't know, man. I, I don't know how much this Penn State team is going to be pumped up to play Rutgers. Sean Clifford got hit a lot last week. Um, if you got to figure they're going to want to try to run the football and and save Clifford for next week when they play Michigan State and try to end the season strong. But at the end of the day. The Rutgers offense against the Penn State defense is too, this is too much of a mismatch not to play it for me. As Penn State's defense, this is a legit top 10 defense in the country. If you wanted to make a case this was the best defense in the Big Ten, I might not, I'm not going to argue with you that hard. While Rutgers is still competing with the likes of Indiana, Illinois, Northwestern for the worst offense in the Big Ten, there's a lot of bad offenses in the Big Ten and we got to take advantage of this. Why not take advantage of it? They faced, so far this year, two other top 10 defenses, right? And they managed 13 points at Michigan and only a field goal two weeks ago against Wisconsin. And if we expand it further, 
and include defenses that fall in that top 20 to top 25 range. The Scarlet Knights scored just 13 points against both Ohio State and Michigan State, and this Penn State defense is definitely superior to those. So they've been held below 14 points in five of seven Big Ten games because they also only scored a touchdown at Northwestern. Maybe Penn State doesn't cover. They should. Maybe they don't. I, I I don't know. But I expect their defense to hold Rutgers to no more than 14 points. All right, let me give you actually, let's give a side here. You know, I don't know if you want to only play uh, team totals this week, but let me give you a side. And that's going to be Old Faithful Michigan. They, we're on them every week because the, the lines just tell us to. They are a legit top 10 team, folks. A legit top 10 team. And the lines rarely indicate, you know, indicate more of a borderline type of team. Maryland's defense is ranked 73rd in SP+, which makes them the worst defense Michigan has faced since when? Since Northern Illinois, a Mac school back in week three. Now, don't expect the Wolverines to put up 63 points this week. We won't need it. But if they set a new high in conference play, which was 38 against Wisconsin, who's considered maybe the best defense in the Big Ten, don't be surprised. I, I, I think they will go over 40. Um, Maryland is the last in the is last in the Big Ten in scoring defense in conference games at 39.1 points per game. The Terps have given up at least 31 points in their past six games, and that includes playing teams like Iowa, Minnesota, <coughs> Indiana. Uh, re- remember earlier in the podcast we were talking about how bad Indiana's offense is and how low ranked Iowa's offenses, especially before they made the change to Padilla, I mean, yeesh, if you can't hold those teams to under 30, what are you going to do against Michigan? Uh, Let's see what else here. Maryland is ranked 13th against both the run and the pass in Big Ten games. I don't see how they're slowing down a Michigan offense that is 7th in the country in scoring rate at 51.2%. That means Over half their drives, I know it's slightly over, but over half their drives, they score points. And yeah, sometimes it's field goals and that could be frustrating, but they're going to put up points. That's the bottom line. The Wolverines are also 7th in stop rate, meaning stopping the other team from scoring. Meanwhile, meaning it's going to be tough for Maryland to score points. This is good. This is good in football. If you can score points and you can stop the other team from scoring points, You will win a lot of games, and you will win a lot of games by big margins. You know who's the only other team that is in the top 10 in both categories? The only other team, number one Georgia, is the only other team that is in the top 10 in both categories. That's how good this Michigan team is, yet they're not getting that respect. Michigan also boasts one of the nation's best special teams. They're third in the country, according to SP+. Yet, yes, another Check mark, check mark, excuse me, check mark in the favor of the Wolverines. Maryland is 100th in that category. Other than their wins against Illinois and Indiana, the average margin of defeat in Maryland's five Big Ten losses is 30 points, with 17 being their closest defeat. While Michigan has won by at least 21.6 times this year, 
and they are 4-1 against the spread when favored by double digits, while Mike Loxley is just 2-10 against the spread versus ranked teams at Maryland. This Maryland team simply does not play up to their competition. They have not for three years. I'm not expecting them to do it today, and I believe one of those wins against the spread, against a ranked, quote-unquote, ranked team, was week one against Syracuse, um, two or three years ago when Syracuse was coming off that 10-win season and ended up, you know, maybe going 4-8 and eight that year. That was probably one, so it was not, it was like a fake win. They even, that, that stat probably is worse than it actually is. So not only am I going to lay the 14.5 with Maryland, thank you DraftKings, I may buy the half, um, I'm going to go under 20.5 with Maryland. Or should I say under with Michigan? I don't know which way. But it's the Maryland total at 20 and a half. I'm going under. Against the top four scoring defenses that Maryland has faced this season. Iowa, Ohio State, Minnesota, Penn State. They've managed to average 15.3 points per game. With a high of 17. And all of those defenses are ranked below Michigan. Both in SP plus and just straight up scoring defense. Maryland is unable to run the football. They only average 2.9 yards per carry. They are a one-dimensional offense, and that does not bold well playing an elite defense like Michigan's, which is not only elite, but they excel at getting after the quarterback. They utilize complex schemes, which can confuse quarterbacks. Last week, they forced a seasoned signal caller like Sean Clifford, who shredded Ohio State and, and, and this Maryland team, into one of his worst games of the year. They shut down Jahan Dotson. He averaged fewer than four yards per target. So, and, and throw in the combo of Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo, who each have 10 sacks. This is a potential night game nightmare for Talia Tagovailoa, who leads the Big Ten with his 10 interceptions in seven conference games. And at just 5'11", he's, he is not going to be able to take all the hits that Clifford did a week ago. Throw in Hutchinson's and Ajabo's ability to force fumbles. They have combined to force seven, five by Ojabo. Should be six because of that one against Michigan State that they incorrectly overturned. It's hard to imagine the Wolverines will not create multiple turnovers. And even if Maryland can move the ball through the air, which in my opinion is far from a given. I'm not conceding that. They are 123rd in red zone offense. So bottom line, points will be extremely tough to come by for the Terps. All right, folks, that's five. I'll get you five bigger bets this week. We're up to eight bets. You want nine? Let's go for nine. Let's do it. Let's go for nine. A season high, nine bets. Biggest bet. Let's go back to Bloomington. Is there a team that is more disappointed, has nothing to play for, and is more banged up than Indiana? The Hoosiers have dropped six straight games. They're winless in conference play with losses of at least 22 points in three of their past four games. The defense has had its moments in the first half of the season, but now they seem to be gassed. You know, they lost 21-0 to Penn State. Uh, where they held them to 21, they held Michigan State to 20 in a 20-15 to 15 loss. But since then, 
In their past four games, they've lost by an average margin of 27 points. They got pushed. Yeah, well, you know, one of them was to Ohio State. Fine, does that skew the numbers? Maybe, maybe, but they got blown out by Rutgers last week. So they got pushed around last week by Rutgers to the tune of 225 yards on the ground. Rutgers. This is the same Rutgers team that is 81st in the country in rushing the football. They only average 3.6 yards per carry on the season, and that includes that game last week. So it was worse going into that game. Now they must face a Minnesota team that boasts arguably the best offensive line in the Big Ten. The, in my opinion, the best running offensive line and the most consistent offensive line because Ohio State's is probably the most, is not probably, Ohio State's is the most talented but they've been kind of up and down a little bit this year. Um, this one, had, this offensive line for Minnesota didn't necessarily start off great, but they've gotten better and they've been consistent. They excel uh, in the run. They are 21st in rushing the football nationally, averaging 4.7 yards per carry. Um, since taking over as the primary ball carriers four weeks ago, they've lost three running backs and they're down to their fourth and fifth string running backs. Yeah, is that a problem? It's not a problem. Freshman Kai Thomas and Marquise Irving have combined for 500-100-yard games between the two of them. Uh, Thomas is averaging 5.1 yards per carry on the season. Irving is averaging 5.2. Coming off two straight losses and with a chance to win the Big Ten, uh, I, I expect the Gophers won't look past the Hoosiers this Saturday. You know, they have a big game next week against Wisconsin, but for that game to count, they're going to have to win this one. And had they had they you know won the past two games or maybe even won last week, I might be worried about them looking ahead a little bit. But the fact that they lost these two games, I think, is going to have them focus, knowing one, hey, we're not good enough to look past anybody, and two, we don't have the margin of error. We can't we can't give up a game. We're going to need to win this game, and then beat Wisconsin next week to have a chance. But if we lose this game next week's not even going to matter. Right, so it's. I think they're going to be up for this game, and similarly to um, uh, uh, Nebraska, Indiana. If they're not fully into this game and they kind of want the season to end, maybe they're looking ahead to their rivalry game as one final against Purdue for the old Oaken Bucket as one final. Uh, let's rise up and let's really give it a go. I, it, they're not going to be pumped up to play Minnesota. I just don't see it. Um, there's not going to be a big crowd there, and this is a physical Minnesota team. You don't when you're not fully into it, and you're playing a physical team. I just think that's a bad, bad recipe. All right, folks, let's recap our big bets for this week. Our three big bets are Iowa minus twelve under thirteen and a half on Illinois and zigging when everybody's zagging, or you know. If you want to flip it around, if you want to zag while everybody's zigging, you, we could do that too. Wisconsin lane eight and a half. Then we have five bigger bets under Indiana 17 and a half. Uh, under Northwestern 17 and a half. Under Rutgers 14. Under Maryland 20 and a half. And staying in that game. Michigan laying the 14 and a half points. I was almost tempted to make that my biggest bet, but my biggest bet will be the Minnesota Golden Gophers laying seven points. That's right. I'm going back to Minnesota. I just think it's 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 about the matchup with Indiana laying a touchdown. I hope 
what happened last week doesn't happen again this week because, you know, I actually hit on Minnesota. Um, get, uh, what was I getting? Five and a half, six points. The line moved. It was five by the time I gave it out. So when I gave it out, it was a push. By Saturday, it went to four. So I'm sorry, folks, if you guys waited until Saturday. It might have been a loser for some of you. I hope that doesn't happen again with this Minnesota line because this line was uh, about five and a half earlier in the week. Now it's seven, seven and a half in some places. So hopefully at least you get to seven. If it's seven and a half, maybe you buy the half a point. But the Gophers, I think, will win uh, comfortably. Those are our nine big bets here in the penultimate uh, week of the college football season. Only one more week after this one. I'm your host, Danny Mogo. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Dan the Big Man, B1G Man. You should also check out our earlier podcast this week where my boy Lloyd Ribner was on and we kind of talked about the Big Ten division races how the Big Ten teams looked within the college football playoffs, a little bowl, bowl convo in terms of uh, surprise teams who could make a bowl, t- teams that are disappointing, who had higher expectations, who are not going to make a bowl. And then also uh, check out my Michigan podcast if you happen to be a Michigan fan. Uh, Mike, that, that podcast is Die Trying. It's also on Apple and um iTunes and all the different places that you listen to podcasts. I had a great interview with uh, Michael Cohen of the Detroit Free Press. And, you know, the way he talked about Michigan's defense kind of gave me a little more confidence to uh, go with the Wolverines this week. I learned a lot, you know, I really did. I'm, I'm not talking this up just to talk it up. I was getting a pencil taking down notes as, as he was giving out information on the Wolverines. I've been interviewing media people for over 10 years now, and the, he was ag- arguably as informative as any guy I've ever spoken to. So, you know, if, if you like Michigan or just really love Big Ten football, regardless of who the team is, check out the Die Trying podcast, and please uh, subscribe, like, rate, review, all that good stuff. Help your boy out as I'm giving you winners week in and week out.